Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working. An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everybody. It's a beautiful Friday, a party Friday. And in celebration of that, we're going to bring you murder, mayhem, and espionage. <laughs> there we go. That's right. always appropriate. On sort of sexualizing videotape only. Yeah, only well, Dr. Don <laughs> at uh, 430, our colleague, our former colleague, and We've got a great one starting off. With hour. Mark Poff. And this from Mark Time and everybody. Happy Party Friday. Happy Party Friday mm-hmm. to everybody there, too. Who are our sponsors, Julie? Oh, uh, AmericaCitizenPress.com and Denver Cynogenics and Dr. Julie McCallan. Chuck and Julie, truth straight up. Um, let's go right ahead and bring in our law enforcement expert, Mark Poff. Um, once again, Mark, thank you for, for joining us today. You were sending me an email. You were watching the Rittenhouse testimony like Chuck screaming at your computer or shouting at it, I take it. I, I was absolutely going that's not how it works <laughs> what is the one where somebody's talking about facebook and she has all those pictures on her wall some commercial because that's not how any of that works and, and, and i'm sitting there as many times you know I, I was a homicide detective for 10 years and as many times as i've testified in court on homicides sex assault and other major cases i'm just sitting there going man this prosecutor it is just totally clueless. I mean, it, this can't be right. And, and you, you sit there and you look at these videos. I mean, I, I just, the whole thing, but I actually want to start from the beginning, if I might. Sure. Go for it. Go for it. You know, going all the way back to last year. So you have this event, this shoot, you know, you have these rioters. I don't say protesters. They're rioters. They're not right. protesters. And you have individuals for one reason or another, and, and I'm not going to get in their heads. That's not our job decide that they're going to help these individuals protect property where they have this car lot. And I can just imagine, you know, your whole life on this car lot, you know, 30, 40, 50 cars and just thinking, oh my gosh, all my cars are going to get smashed. But, but the thing is, it's all irrelevant to the case. It's all irrelevant. So for some reason, um, Kyle Rittenhouse decides that he's going to arm himself to, to protect himself. I do this all the time. I'm right. a I'm a retired detective. I have two concealed carry permits. I have a state one and I have a federal one that allows me to carry out in Washington, D.C. I right. can carry a concealed handgun permit. In New York City, I can carry right. a concealed handgun permit. I don't carry that in the, in the prosecutor. This is really what was making my head blow up is that he was making it sound as if that Kyle was arming himself because he was looking for trouble. Right. Well, he made it sound like anyone who arms himself is looking for trouble. It's going there because they want to. Your intent is to kill. Right. That's that's what he said. And I was just like, and and, and actually you bring a great point, Chuck. And and I want to bring this up because one of the things I was first told when I became a cop is they actually train you. Okay. We want you to carry weapons, carry concealed carry, when you're off duty to protect yourself. What if you run across someone that you put in prison for 10 years, you know, you need to defend yourself. And one of the things they said is make sure you always carry a pair of handcuffs. And I was like, 
why do I have to lug around a pair of handcuffs? I already have to lug around a gun, an extra magazine in case it jams. And now you're telling me I got to lug handcuffs around, you know, and why? And they said, because there was a case years ago where an officer was involved in a shooting off duty, shot and killed this guy, and he didn't have handcuffs. And the attorney said, so you had no intentions of taking prisoners. You were just there to kill everybody. (laughs) And so that's why they told you to, to take, to wear handcuffs. It's, it's, it's incredibly stupid. I obviously I don't wear handcuffs now because you're right. My business is not detaining anyone. <laughs> Take it's people into custody. Myself. That's right. <laughs> you know, so this is just insane that a prosecutor would right. go in there and say, and, and this case never should have came up. And, and this right. is my point is as a detective who worked on numerous homicides, I, I have no issues and, and it's so funny to see him in the video. He's trying to give himself up and the police are like, go away. Yeah, the police are like, go away. You know, so, you know, <laughs> well, that's because the they're racist, Mark. I don't know if you heard Joy Reid. It's all racist. That. That's because white they're people, racist. White people shooting white people, completely racist. Right. But, right. you know, the whole point is, you made me lose my train. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it should have never. During, no, never during the investigation, I have no problem with them arresting Kyle. I have no problem with them starting their investigation and say, look, we have probable cause. He obviously killed these two people and, and shot this other person. Let's place them in custody. We have enough probable cause. Let's continue our investigation because it is a homicide. You, sure. you need to take Absolutely. them off. If he was actually there as an active shooter, you know, we need to take him off the street, continue our investigation. And then they should have determined days later, maybe hours or days later, they should have said, you know what? We've looked at the video. We've, we've, interviewed people this looks like self-defense let's talk to the district attorney let's let's all sit down together we've done this so many times i've worked on cases where i've charged someone and then went back and said you know what i think it's self-defense and then actually talk with the district attorney and drop the charges all of this should have been resolved at that point the fact that he charged within 48 hours that i mean why right why do you do that we know why why. exactly you know why where they got tripped up. Well, and what's one of the things I want to talk about this and we'll play a Joy Behar soundbite too, because it goes to some of this. I was talking with, um, I said this on Wednesday, a relative of mine who is from Antioch, right? So they follow, she's yes. followed this relatively closely, but even then it depends on who you follow. She was number one, surprised to learn. She thought all of the people who were shot had their hands up and were unarmed. And were black. And, and were black. And I'm like, no, <laughs> none of them were black. And she's like, what? what? And she's like, no, why no, are they rioting right. then? I'm like, <laughs> you know. Well, someone put it on a Twitter. He says, I'm a progressive person, highly educated, and I like to follow the news. So I was shocked to find out that that this kid actually was being attacked and everything else. And I had the slightest idea following it on the corporate media that it was anything other than a deranged killer. Right. And, and, and actually, they, they make an interesting point is the prosecutor actually said, if you were just arming yourself to protect yourself, why didn't you just arm yourself with a handgun? And he goes, well, that would have been illegal. I know, I yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, dude. He was asking him, did you hear the exchange where he said, why were you running with a fire extinguisher toward the dumpster fire? And he said, 
there was a fire. I was there to, have, <laughs> to put it out. And, and I don't know if... Well, which, which they implied was an act of aggression, the provocation right. Right. to the rioters. Yeah, that that their fires the well, he, he attacked a fire with an yeah. extinguisher. Yes. Right. Yes. There's got to be a law against that somewhere. Well, well this is a twisted yeah. logic, I think, that the DA is trying to use, that by going there and defending property... Um, and and putting out the fires, he provoked the rioters. I mean, right. he he asked him several times. He said, "Well, didn't you think that was going to make them mad?" How come? And and you're the detective here, but that shouldn't make any difference. I mean, it's, it's irrelevant. Defense. If somebody is pointing a gun at your head, right? I mean, oh, but but how did he know he's going to kill him until he's dead? Right, I mean, if right, he, right. he found out afterward, you know, that'd have been fine. But uh, you know, I, I actually when I went to college, I was actually thinking pre-law, which. I, I fortunately wised up yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it didn't go that route. Right. And I was in a political science class and it was obviously very liberal instructor said, you know, if someone's pointing a gun to, you know, let's say they've taken multiple hostages and they're pointing a gun to someone, do you have the right to shoot them? And, and one of the stupid students said, well, yeah. And he goes, no, you don't. You have no idea to know whether they're going to shoot that hostage or not. And then I raised my hand. I said, okay, so you let them shoot one and then you unload on them. Is that what we do? You know, I mean, that ended your career. Well, there. Well, yeah. what, what the, you know, gonna go back. I mean, I, I kind of uh, tuned in, I, I, I guess what it is on the Rittenhouse trial, maybe day six or seven. Um, and today was day 10 and I haven't missed a moment since. I mean, I was just glued to this. Well, since Kyle testified. That's what oh. really, that brought me right in when they, when I saw Kyle, oh. I right. was just like, what the hell? I mean, I've never seen even, you know, Dr. or Judge Janine was saying, I've never seen um, such a self, how do I say? Confident. Not even say confident. He was just calm. He didn't get rattled. He was emotional at times, but he didn't get frustrated. He didn't get angry. And he knew more about the law and than he, the prosecutor. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the prosecutors thought he wasn't going to take the stand, so they didn't prepare. So today was motions and jury instructions, right? The if most boring listen. part of a trial. Right. The most boring. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I don't turn on uh, my, my official YouTube Kia Law thing till about, oh, I don't know, 9.30 or 10 o'clock and sat riveted for the remaining two and a half hours um, because it was it was the, the prosecution was saying, OK, we've got this fuzzy thing. We've blown up 5000 times <laughs> and you can't really see anything. But we think he waved his gun at people. Oh, and therefore, right. you should give a jury instruction that you can't take self-defense if you provoke people, provocation defense. And right. and the judge going, I can't really see anything. And they go, yeah, yeah, well, it's sort of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's enhanced. See where it's enhanced. I, I saw that the whole time during when they had Kyle on the stand. Yeah, they yeah. They kept trying to get him to admit that yeah, he's yeah. And, and I never saw, I was like, which person are you looking at? So you after know? the judge can see nothing, he grants their motion for a provocation instruction. You go, what? what? Well, I think he said, yeah, I think. No, he, he granted it. No, yeah. no, he said yeah. that's let the jury decide. Well, that's what, decide you know what let the jury video. means is that we won't do our job as judges uh, by limiting evidence, uh, but, uh, you know, we'll uh, let the jury decide. That's the biggest cop-out for sleazy judges as there is. Oh, just let the jury. Well, the jury judge. can not only do two things, they can find you more guilty. You know, if you don't, and, and, and so... And then they go to the lesser included, right? I mean, oh, I hate uh, that. I hate that. Yes. 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 Well, I mean, and I, think- I, I will tell you, having been a homicide, I was a cop for 17 years, homicide detective for 10 years, and now I do consulting 
for about six or seven years, I have my eyes have opened so much right. from working on both on the prosecution yes. side. Yes. When, when I thought I was, you know, working for God, you heard that whole phrase, you know, when, right. and then working for the defense, um, mm-hmm. predominantly, not, not all the time, but predominantly, I, I have to tell you, um, the system's rigged. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I don't like it, you know, and you, you know, I think juries are getting, a, I think people are getting a little smarter to the fact years ago, I think people in a jury would actually say, well, they don't put innocent people on trial. Right. I think they've done so many clusters yes. that now I really think that, that juries, I hope jurors, when they get onto a jury pool, that they say, you know what, they do bring innocent people to try. Right. Yeah. Right. No, obviously, I've seen it. I've seen corrupt district attorneys in the state right. of Colorado, where we they brought innocent people who didn't even know the person that they said they kidnapped. I, I mean, I've seen it so many times. And, it, and, you know, we make that phrase over and over again, you know, that you can indict a ham sandwich. It is so true. And this prosecutor, and I want to say this because I hate this guy with a passion. Binger? Okay. Everybody name. hates I Binger. Hate everybody everybody just sits there screaming at Binger at their... Binger at their, uh, is a moron. He, he's an yeah. idiot. No, no, he's not an idiot. He's just... Oh, no, no, you're evil. right. You're right. The fat <laughs> other guy is a moron. But oh, yeah, Binger is just, is just a evil, amoral jerk. Well, and here's the thing. I, I agree with Alan Dershowitz was saying, because I think this is what, I mean, I've never, two part question. Have you ever seen a judge scream at a prosecutor the way this judge? I scream at me once. <laughs> oh, oh, not fun, huh? Well, I deserved it, but, oh. <laughs> but, but, I mean, but no, I've never seen a judge like that. What's the right term? Amonish or right. Um, right. A, a prosecutor for what is obviously intentional misconduct and he I think this barred for what he did. I think though he was doing it. I think Alan Dershowitz is right. I think yep. he did it because he, because the case is not going well and he wants, he a, wants mistrial. a mistrial and yep. he wants the judge to do it. And the judge yep. is like, that's why the judge is like, I don't believe you. You're not going in fair faith. The judge is like, Oh no, you're not putting this on me. You evil moron. Well, so. well we, have a, we have good friends who, who do a lot of criminal cases and had one last two weeks ago in Fort Morgan where the, uh, Prosecutor did the exact same thing, and the judge went, "No problem." Oh yeah, no yeah. Problem. The judge let him. It was like <laughs> let him get away with it, or he gave him yeah, a mistrial. No, he didn't. No, he didn't, no. He, they they filed the motion for mistrial, and the judge didn't have an issue with it at all. Hey, I saw Barney. Barney, I saw you kind of flash pop up, pop, pop up. Did you want to weigh in on this? Yes, I do. Of course I do. My buddy Mark is on there. What the hell, Julie? If you just shut up for a minute, maybe somebody get a word in edgewise. All right. But, uh, but what is wrong with all three of you? This is clearly a, uh, uh, what do you call it when you're trying out for, uh, these prosecutors want to be on CNN. Auditioning, I mean, yes. They, yeah. yeah, auditioning for CNN. What up? And you call them morons. These are full-fledged ass clowns. Right. When, when they had the kid on there that's, well, first off, wait a minute. Kyle was an ass clown. He had no business going there. Um, I disagree. And, well, let Mark, let well disagree. but hang on a minute. Hang on. And I'll look and I'll take that up, Chuck. But okay. you do not go to a riot if you're a responsible gun owner. Now, I'm not saying, look, you go to, a, do you really think, Chuck, if I go to a riot with my mouth and a gun, you don't think <laughs> I'm not going to get into it? I'll guarantee you I'm going to get into it. You leave your gun at home. I'm just saying. But, but, having said that, um, 
Why aren't we talking about a straw purchase? I hear all this talk about possession. No, of this. no. He, that's he, a 10-year. Let me explain that, Barney. I can't explain that because that's a crucial point because it looks like the gun charge could possibly get dropped. In Wisconsin, he cannot buy a gun, but he can possess a gun. So, for instance, if he wants to go ski shooting. But, but that's true, Julie, but I cannot go up to Chuck. Even if Chuck was my dad, Rev cannot go up to his father. Well, no, that's really not a good example because he could do that. No, because the gun was kept. No, no, the the other people. I'll tell you what. Rev could not go up to Mark. Okay, go ahead. No, he can't. But but the way it was, because I explained this. So his friend bought the gun. His friend kept the gun in a gun safe in the friend's dad's house and got the gun out and then gave it to Kyle. So under Wisconsin law, Wisconsin law might be a little different than Colorado, he can possess it if he has a certificate, like a hunting certificate, and if the barrel is shorter than a certain length. No, no. No, longer. 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 Yeah, right. longer. No, okay. I'm shorter. But, so what's longer. interesting though about that, Barney, is they were arguing about this today. The prosecution failed, as far as the judge and anyone else can remember, to put on any evidence of how long the barrel was. Wow. So technically, wow. under Wisconsin law, it looks like, you know. Well, then it, my guess is because what was considered a, you can do an AR-15 with a short, well, a 16-inch, a 14-inch barrel if you have a two-inch flash hider welded to it. Yeah, I, I know it gets complicated. It, so. it doesn't matter. But yeah. let me say this, too. That, this prosecutor, when, when the kid was on there that said he was a journalist, you know, right. he was blah, blah, blah. The prosecutor went at him and said, what do you, you have, you're, you're calling these riots? You know, he basically <laughs> said, what the hell? I don't know. I, and Mark uh, got a lot of respect for you. Um, the clearly, well, like I said, you've got two ass clowns for CNN and I, I don't know where this goes. I don't like the fact that you can bring in lesser charges no, because no. there is no. something it, to be said to the defense. It's a cop out. Yeah. It's a cop out. It is. Jurors that would never convict, like on a right. first degree murder, right. they'll yep. say, "Okay, I'll do the manslaughter." Yeah. Right, right, right. Not right. the way to practice law. No, and, well, and, you know, if you're clearly, a prosecutor, it is if you've got a, great a bad way. case. But <laughs> let me talk to Bernie for a second. So, oh, Bernie, God, here we go. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, here we go. I did. I did go to a, a riot uh, armed. I went down okay. to Julie and I went down to the pro priest rally down in Denver. Uh, we were supporting the Denver PD. Uh, yes. I have a concealed gun carry. And so yes. I brought my concealed gun carry and Antifa and all of them jumped us. They punched Julie. I never took the gun out because I know once you do that, it's all kinds of trouble. Uh, yes. But I wouldn't go down uh, with after being at the, the one for support ice. I wouldn't go unarmed where all these incredible, crazy Antifa Black Lives Matters are going to are going to get you. I think though. But, okay, well, but just a minute, Chuck. Hang on, Chuck. I have a concealed carry too. And when I went down to the little get together and listen, you kept your mouth shut. You didn't insert yourself into the into the whatever you want to call it. I'm pretty well, I sure couldn't, I couldn't help it. They were screaming uh, in my face. No. I didn't have to insert <laughs> well, myself. Okay, but uh, you're just a better man than me, Chuck. That's all there is <laughs> well, to yes. it. But we all no, acknowledge no, clearly, that. Clearly. I have a very bad temper, and I know what's going to happen. You do hit it on the head, because this, as I predicted Wednesday, this is going to go to the jury Monday, right? I predicted that, that right. the attorneys did not want it to go today. Um, that is, so I think you hit 
on the head the underlying risk in this case that you're going to have a juror yeah. um, that yeah. decides that they're going to hold Kyle accountable for going there in the first right. place. Oh, yeah. What Bernie yep. Which is, and, but I All know, right, Bernie. Well, we have to get back. Wait, 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 wait. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Wait, 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 wait. Have you ever seen a trial where a judge that's decent and sounds like a decent man yelled and scolded the prosecution right. so many times? I. I've never, I, I mean, I, I haven't either. I'm not nope, I haven't either. Nope. Okay. Right. Okay. Thank, Thank you, Barney. Thank you, Barney. This is from Charlene. Let me go with this quick. Yep. Barney's thinking back when he was young, when he should not have gone anywhere with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle is a much cooler head than many grown men, yeah. uh, including Barney. Sorry, Barney. <laughs> and then Mark Tymon said, Barney, I thought you were not going to be the first one with a black rifle, but you would be the second. <laughs> oh, this is but Leo. Is, like, I, I want to say something if I, I can interject here. You guys are all looking at it backwards. Okay. You should, ne- you should not be looking at, okay, I'm going to go to this event. Should I arm up? Right. My view is you should always be armed to defend yes, yourself. I agree. And then wherever you happen to be at that point. Now, some places like I'm going to the airport, not wise. Right. But, but, but I'm saying you are arming yourself to defend yourself. You're, you shouldn't be deciding. But, but actually, sometimes I do. It's like if I go to Denver. I know Chuck's and you know, you guys are up in Denver, so I'm going to arm myself. No, I'm kidding, you don't want to go. You don't want to be like that FBI agent, though, who got drunk in the bar and was doing the no. hand flips. And remember, it fell out well, of his mouth. So if you saw me you. do a backflip, <laughs> if you go out to dinner, it's going to be the gun. If you go out to dinner, have a couple of glasses of wine and get stopped and you're armed. That's a problem. Yeah. But so I mean, don't, you can't you go everywhere that. you want to go armed. But here's so you, you have to, you do need to make those decisions. But the bottom line is, and this is what the prosecutor was missed. Actually, he probably didn't miss it. He knew yeah, exactly no, he what he was it. doing. The, the bottom line is Kyle did not bring an AR because he wanted to shoot and kill people. Oh, right. It was Clearly very right. obvious from his testimony and others. He brought the women, the weapon to defend himself with his, which is our second you know, amendment right protected by the Constitution. Sure, right. it is by the Constitution, and he was trying to render aid. You know, why ever? You know what? We can all have a great debate on whether he was stupid for, right. for going there. To me, it's completely irrelevant. He was there. He wanted to be there. He wanted to defend himself. And he chose to do his constitutional right, which is to defend himself with a weapon. And, and no, and Mark, and you're absolutely right. And that was one of the appalling things listening to the prosecutor. As you said, the prosecutor argue that actually and you don't have the right. I mean, he went to, there were, there were hundreds of people at the riot, right? He was no different than any of them. No one, Correct. people who, were, who got shot shouldn't have been there either, right? That wasn't a wise well, choice. Well, who do you think? Some of them were armed. Right, and, and, and they were armed, and that was right. no problem. So who, like, who do you think the army recruits to be armed and kill people, 18-year-olds. Yeah. And sometimes 17-year-olds. I mean, they don't recruit 35-year-olds. It's 17 and 8. Well, it's probably 18 these days, but my uh, I had a great uncle, a great-great-great-great-great-grandfather who volunteered for the Union Army age 14. And he got got to do a lot of shooting and get shot. Well, Well, when 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 the prosecutor brought up Call of Duty, and, and oh, also, yeah. oh. I was just like, dude, you might as well throw in the towel. And even Kyle said, it's but a that's video. a video game. Oh, because yeah. he was saying. I can tell the have. difference. Clearly, <laughs> this dude is a stupid prosecutor who had never even actually seen Call of Duty because he said, well, don't they use AR-15s in Call of Duty? And he's like, dude, they use well, all kinds of guns and missiles. And I mean, it's and like. He said, 
one of the great the the best points i wish it had come out earlier or, or, or kyle had really called him out he goes isn't the the um the goal in call of duty is to kill everybody and it's like no it's no to kill, it's to kill the enemy that's right you're in you a know, team it's, it's a military style you had your team in fact when my boys played call of duty they'd be like eight of these kids until 3 a.m used to piss me off you, you know and then they'd play in these teams right I mean, right it's not it's not an act you know go kill everybody no it's not an active shooter well and here's the thing too that i think i know hopefully because i'm not real confident of kyle's defense attorneys kyle himself is great he should just do his own have you ever seen a more saintly kid in your life yes i was lifeguarding yes i wanted graffiti. yes i did this yes i did that in between life-saving you just wanted to kill people right 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 right. and you weren't a member of the uh kenosha or the Antioch uh, Fire Department, were you? And he said, well, yeah, I was a cadet. And right. That's not really a fireman. And like, I was a cadet, and then I got my little jersey and sweater. I got the shirt. The oh, you're lying again. I got the shirt. That's all that matters. And I think, yeah, really. I think also when you look at the testimony, it's clear Kyle didn't freak out. I mean, he only shot the people who were directly threatening, thre- threatening him, yes. trying to grab and his he gun. Not, launch it. He didn't shoot everybody else. It, he and that's what they tried to betray is that he was an active shooter. Oh, right. Cool. When you look at all these videos, this this is nothing like that. That you know, the first person he shoots is flipping chasing them all over the place. Right. It's like, right. dude, and told him he's gonna kill him. Told him he was gonna yeah, kill him. I mean, and then tries that, to grab about, his gun. Right. That's a death wish from beginning to end. I think the second guy, correct me if I'm wrong, tried to hit him with a skateboard. Well, yeah. not into, you know, one of those chopped hit things like a baseball a bat. And Kyle, I thought, did a good job testifying that that I knew that if he knocked me down and I they lost consciousness, gun. they would take my gun and they would shoot me and other people. So I knew I had to do that. I, th- I think we need to start another uh, chant these days. Let's go, Binger. Let's go, Binger. <laughs> well, what do you think? We only have a few more minutes. Yeah. What do you think um, is is um the likely should, thing? Yeah. What do you what what's the outcome? I mean, the grand, we don't know, and we're always wrong about this. Yeah, right. I, you know, having worked more for the defense here in the last few years as a consultant, you know, a hung jury is a win. Yes. Now, I, I guarantee you right now, the prosecutor's saying, I hope we can get a hung jury. Yes. The yes. prosecutor wants it just as bad. And the defense, and someone actually said this, the reason the defense put Kyle on is because they, they were really trying to push for a mistrial, but now, or not a mistrial, a hung jury. Now they think, hey, we can win this thing. Yeah. And, and so I think there's a chance for a complete and total acquittal. I mean, if you, you know, having served on a jury, and I don't know if you guys have served uh-huh. on a jury, it depends on who the leaders of the jury are. Yes, yes. Always two or three people does. that are the leaders. Yes. And if they can go in there and have these conversations. But if you get someone who's agenda driven on yes. that jury, they're going to sit there and say, no, he's a white supremacist because President Biden told me he's a white supremacist. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. So therefore, I'm convicting on everything. And I don't even care about the facts. Right. Well, I mean, you look at I I go back to the O.J. Simpson trial. Right. And I remember talking to people and interviewing people there and they were saying, well, he was an African-American man. So the facts didn't matter. Right. He's a victim of racism and therefore, you know, he shouldn't be convicted. And I think you're right. That's that's the one, I think, wild card in this, the agenda driven people or the jurors who are scared. Right. You've got other people. No, but but all juries, all juries are, are battle, assuming they don't all agree. 
a battle between the advocates of one side and the advocates of the other side. That's why when you're trying a case and, and you can get a pretty good idea of who seems to be nodding their head when you talk and everything right, else, right. you're feeding them everything. So when they go in that jury room, they're armed against whoever is opposing them. And that's what a lot of people don't quite get. And you've been in a jury, so you yep. do. The, yep. it, the, the one thing you cannot determine is how that, that battle how that, yeah, is going to go. Um, exactly. and it, it's, it's very hard to, see... it's very hard to, it's very hard to know. And that's why you get compromised verdicts. Okay. Well, we'll give them that's second. Right. I'll do the manslaughter. Just get out of my face. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. And I hope uh, someone kind of mentioned this. I, I hope the judge, you know, I don't want the judge to, to do a mistrial, even with prejudice. I would like to see the jury make a verdict, but to be honest with you, if the jury comes back after, let's say three or four days and it's hung. Yeah. You know, then I'd almost like to say, you know what, you know, as the judge, I've had a little time to think about this. Maybe I will just throw this out. <laughs> with can do that? We're done yes. here. Can they, they can yeah. do that at any time. Well, uh-huh. he, he can do he Well, he, he's got to have the he jury. Do it after the verdict home. if you want. Yeah, after the oh, verdict. Okay. And, and he can say, no, the, the, the evidence did not support that. So I'm going to be directed verdict notwithstanding. Uh, the decision yeah. of the jury. This is but a- I don't think this judge is going to do that. No. I don't think he's no. got the No, job. because then they'd be rioting. And, I mean, they're already calling There's going to be rioting. Be, from- be clear on that. If he gets an acqu- acquittal, you need to go back to that used car lot because that's where they're all going to go. Right. Well, right. if he's convicted, they'll all riot. You know, that's uh, why I'm that's, giving that's a it's shot. It's been a while since we've had it's a kind of like, why riot. do we drink? Right. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's Every day is a holiday. There we go. And this is party Friday. Friday. Party Friday. Friday. I'm I'm drinking my beer, but it's actually an A&W root beer. Oh, hiding. uh, I'm I'm drinking my caffeinated uh, sparkling water. Sure you are. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I put it. I used to have a friend. She called it kind. And I'm like, what's that? And she goes, wine in a coffee cup. I'm like, that's <laughs> exactly. bad. She would like walk her kids, you know, push a stroller. And again, I'm like, oh, that's just, that's bad. You need help there. But at any rate, Mark, thank you for your time. You've been great. We'll have you back on, you know, as Post-trial. these deliberations go. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right. All right thank have you, fun, guys. Thanks. Thanks. And I want to read this from Charlene because I was going to mention this too. Charlene says, hoping the upcoming trial for Steve Bannon backfires as well as this one. I don't know if you saw that. They, yes, indicted, saw. they indicted Mark or Steve Bannon yes, for not contempt of Congress. Now, they, they mentioned in the tweets that Eric Holder was held in contempt of Congress. He was never indicted. I mean, all these other people will see. Do you um, want to play that Joyce Behar one? Just to, yeah, we could. Oh, yeah, here, this was annoying. Chuck wanted to. No, it wasn't annoying that Chuck wanted this. Joy Behar is just like the most annoying person. And Thomas, if we could play the Behar bite and then go ahead and give Matt Dunn a call. What the rest of you? Well, he goes he across. Goes, yeah. well, I mean, from what I'm gleaning from this case, the guy goes across state lines with an AR-15 with his mother and some other idiot in the car to defend himself against what? They're having a protest in another state and he takes it upon himself to go there. You know, and then he says it's self-defense. No. And that that acting job of the crying, I can't even look at it. Well, this is the, <laughs> that is one of the worst acting jobs I've ever seen. I mean, that's just hateful. That's just hateful. hateful. It's hateful. it's like, but that's the left. She has thing, everything right? wrong. He didn't take the AR-15 across state lines. 
Right. Um, it was it was already across state lines. And just so people, if you don't know, it's like like five miles. I mean, Andy, that's 20, right. At, right. I mean, it's close. And the rest of his family lived in Kenosha. His father and he and worked in Kenosha, everything else. I mean, that's right. Just, and this is from, oh, Pete or Charlene. It's the Kyles and Chucks. Hey, and Julie's that'll save us if we could be saved, not the Peters that stayed home. <laughs> and then Sandra and Joy. Sorry, I truly hate her and everybody on The View. I know I don't even watch it. I, I haven't watched it in years, so. I don't know. Thomas, again, if you want to go ahead and you can call me at Den, we'll talk about that. Another thing I wanted to talk about um, today, just kind of interesting, it's, you're not going to see it in the mainstream media, but thank you to some um, Freedom of Information hack requests. They got some documents in which the CDC acknowledges that they have no cases where somebody who has natural immunity, in other words, somebody who had um, had COVID, had COVID um, got recovered. better, recovered, they have no cases where somebody who had natural immunity had transmitted it to somebody else. No, no cases. The CDC had no cases of that, right? Um, in the meantime, today, there's other studies coming out of United Kingdom showing how ineffective the vaccine is, right. and that, that probably Pfizer knew that all along, which is why they got rid of this. But that booster shot group. sounds special. Oh, man, <laughs> I keep reading all these people who got the booster shot. Yes. Now, I'm sure there's some people got the booster shot and were fine, obviously, but there were also people who got it sick. But but what this is, and they keep the Trump people keep trying to blame it on unvaccinated people. And co- that's just why they don't want to talk about natural immunity at all, right? right? Because mm-hmm. it's clearly more effective. This is vaccinated people Giving- infecting other vaccinated, vaccinated people. people. Um, you know, so, and, and they want to do mask mandates. Polis is, you know, declaring a hospital emergency after, oh, yeah. he, you know, they introduced mandates that the, the hospital staff quit. I mean, it's just all a bunch of nonsense. So, um, yeah, just like ivermectin doesn't work exactly. That's a different topic, though. We'll get into that later because we've got Dr. Dunn with us, um, Matt Dunn, Backbone Radio, 710 KNUS Radio. The expert of experts on the Russian hoax. Hey, Matt, thank you for your time this afternoon. What, Matt, are you there? Thomas, do you have me? Yep, you got you. There we go. There we go. There we go. Okay. Okay, we're pumping through. All right. Thanks for having me around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what do you... I've got so many questions for you, but first of all, with the... the Switching from from Rittenhouse to... uh, our wonderful Russiagate. The Russiagate, which now is, I mean, it's its actually even more corrupt than I thought. I mean, a lot of... It's stuff, always more corrupt than you think. Every time it comes out, you go, wow, it's even more corrupt than <laughs> Matt, I thought. it's like all the stuff that you've been saying and we've been saying for five years now, it's like, like we said, worse than we thought. But what, what are some of your big takeaways um, from, from the stuff that's come out with some of these Durham indictments and the documents supporting the indictments? Well... On some level, you have to say it is sweet vindication for Chuck and Julie, for Backbone Radio, for what we've been saying all the way along. But naturally, it comes years Julie. after the fact, right? right? Yeah. At a point when it's very hard for uh, very many people to be following this or understanding this. And well, especially if the they're real damage, to corporate media, because they're not covering it. Yeah, yeah, the damage has already been done. Yeah. And so, you know, they essentially stole years out of Trump's presidency, maybe right. even all of them on some level. Right. In spite of it all, of course, he did a great and wonderful job. Right. But uh, here we are now just uh, watching the Washington Post today issue some very belated corrections to their Russiagate reporting. Two okay. articles. Okay, isn't that embarrassing? The reporters Two got Pulitzer yeah. Prizes back in the day for this reporting. <laughs> they got Pulitzers for this falsehood. It's, it's amazing to see. And so we kind of just learn how 
how how reality how the world works and that you know you get paid you get pulitzers rachel maddow gets a 30 million dollar a year contract for spreading the russian collusion lies for years and now these sort of soft pedaled corrections you see that's just kind of where we are just reality you know I saw Rachel Maddow had Peter Strzok on, of all people. It's like, and, and he, he had actually the audacity to say, well, we were never investigating the Trump campaign no, anyway. No. Now, somebody was saying they mentioned the Trump campaign like literally 16 times in the FISA warrant, right? So it's like, it's, it's ridiculous. What do you think? Well, I, I think I know where you're, where you're going to go with this. Um, one of the things that it revealed to me or made more clear to me that it is the uh, depth of involvement had to have been a president Obama and the Obama administration. I think you had, you had like Hillary Clinton and her people kind of making up the dossier. But but meanwhile, you've got the team Obama making up the Papadopoulos stuff on the Carter page stuff. And then they all kind of come together together. and get the FISA warrant out there. But, but again, it's clear that Obama was briefed on all of this and was, was, I mean, you had the struck in the page texts talking about the white house is in control. Obama wants to know everything. Wants to know everything. I mean, what do you think about what he knew or did and when he knew or did it? Oh, they were all over it. You know, the Obama white house is running this according to struck and page text messages they were all over this like hawks and they were promoting it behind the scenes and i just feel like anybody who's been really following this should have you know should have known this for for quite some time one question i have is what's durham going to do about that sundance the conservative treehouse speculates Mm -hmm. that durham might clean out some of the Clinton type yeah, people, right, but right. yet preserve and save the Obama potentially right. documentable involvement in all of this. So, you know, you step back from it and you see that they all knew and maybe the genesis of the concept of Russia collusion came out of the Hillary camp and out right. of the campaign. But then of course, Obama ran with it big time and that's why Susan Rice wrote that sort of uh, letter to herself um, in the last few minutes of the of right. the Obama administration, right? Saying we did right. this all by the book. So they were aware that this could come back, but we'll see how it plays. And hopefully we can get as much publicity to this as possible. Well, here, Aaron, Go ahead, I'm going yeah. di- to disagree with you a little bit. I don't think the Clinton campaign started it off and then the Obama and all that, because we find out that 48 hours after Papadopoulos um, had been appointed uh, a, a aid, uh, unpaid aid to the Trump campaign on foreign policy, um, they're inviting him down to Link University to meet Massoud. And they, the hacking of the Podesta emails hadn't even happened yet. Um, so it's clear to me anyway, that the Obamas we're already tracking, tracing uh, the FBI, the CIA, anybody associated with the campaign. The Trump campaign. Uh, Trump campaign. Agreed. Didn't, didn't totally agree. But as far as Igor Danchenko goes and his Durham indictment, you'd have to say that that probably comes out of the Clinton camp with yes. Yes. Igor Danchenko work, working with Charles Dolan, you know, yes. a right. total Clinton who thought he was going to be in the Clinton State Department if they found some way to get some sort of smear and slime against Trump. And that's what they did, you know? 
Right. And this is from a question from one of our, our listeners. Was this all from the fellow they call Igor? Yes. Not all of it, Sandra. No. There were sort of two arms. Igor Duchenko was a guy. So the way it worked is the Clinton campaign um, and Michael Tao wrote about this years ago, saying there never was a Russia hack. The Clinton campaign is in trouble. The Hillary Clinton email thing, I think way back then, is kind of exploding. They've got a lot of issues. Um, they know WikiLeaks is going to be releasing the emails. So they decide they need to have a counteroffensive. So on one hand, they say, oh, we were hacked by the Russians. Then the Clinton campaign starts giving, they hire Fusion GPS, who hires um, Christopher Steele, who hires Denchenko, who takes information, the Igor guy, who takes information from, they just make it up. Basically, that became clear today. They were making it all up. Exactly. They made it up. And then in the meantime, you have the other arm you've got, and this is the Obama people, I think, spying on the Trump campaign. Well, they were doing that in March. They were doing well, that let me, immediately. And, and, and let me, Dr. Dunn, let me ask you, this I thought was really interesting. I, I found this, I went back and did some research, and this is from Cheryl Atkinson. The Obama administration massively expanded the yes. NSA database right. searches of Americans, which is illegal. Right. For instance, in 2013, yes. they only had 9,600 searches involving 195 Americans. In 2016, listen to this, 30,355 searches involving 5,288 Americans. That's, that's they're tracing everybody and all the, all the Republican candidates' campaigns. Now, eventually they get down to just Trump because Trump's going to win. But they were searching everybody. They had come up with Papadopoulos because he'd worked for Carson's campaign. Um, And then they all, remember Crossfire Hurricane, they said, no, had nothing to do with with, uh, the Steele dossier (laughs) because we were tracking these people before the Steele dossier. And they were, they were tracking him in March, uh, except it was illegal. So they had to get behind it. That's how they roll. They get the private contractors um, right. to uh, Infusion GPS, I believe, is one of them right. to uh, yes. you know do political opposition research and find ways right. to gin up scandals against uh, political opposition. And that was going on big time uh, yes. all through all those years. And so I guess you'd have to start saying that. I guess that's Obama, not just Clinton, right? Right, 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 right. right. exactly. Well, what do you exactly. think now in terms of is it still going on? I mean, because at least under the, the, the FISA court judge finally with, you know, Flynn went in there and he said, what are all these unauthorized searches? And they made him knock it off. But that they kept on doing it. it well, yeah, they kept on doing it. Yeah. Oh, this is unauthorized. This is terrible. <laughs> but and they checked at- well, wait a they check back three months later and they're still doing it. Yeah. They go, oh, that's terrible. Don't do it anymore. So they check back two more months later. They're still doing it. And I guarantee you, they're still doing it right now. <laughs> and the right. state elements did it all throughout the Trump administration when Trump was president. Right. That's, that's well, the way at, the world works these days. And it look does. at what's going on. So you got the FBI agents involved in the insurrection. I'm now, I'm now calling that the insurrection hoax. Um, you've got this, I think, is astonishing. The FBI raids Project Veritas. How about a, a diary? <laughs> That has already been published by lots and, of and people. In. And then in the meantime, leaks the information that they seized from um, Project from, um, from his house to the New York Times, who he's suing, right? I mean, and the New York Times publishes th- this information, which isn't, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. And we're all absolutely right. The, the, the deep state, I mean, they got away with it. Really, five years later, you know, like three yeah. low-level people got indicted for something that they'll never do anything for right some of the most effective dishonesty you could ever imagine in terms of the lie spread wall to wall and 
the people like Rachel Maddow get the big new contracts and the reporters get the Pulitzers. That's right. uh, you have to just step back and marvel at it. But the one thing I would say, there is potential that Durham could be, you know, rooting around and digging up some bigger fish. The Danchenko thing makes me think that there could be some other individuals maybe tied to the Brookings Institution, uh, Fiona Hill, a Strobe Talbot, a right. Benjamin Witt, people like that could be in trouble. And then the network could spread. It could go higher up. I'm a little hesitant to get too excited about that or optimistic about that. But I do think, you know, you have not seen John Brennan, James Comey do any tweeting for quite some time. Okay, there's a lot of substance you're seeing from these people. And that sometimes means that something is up. Right. So if you step back, look at the indictment. Look at the indictment. Go ahead. Look at the indictment. It's for lying to the FBI out of the material material fact that caused them uh, to believe in the uh, dossier. And and except they knew all the facts. If you go over the indictment, the FBI asked them about Dolan. I mean, they already knew about Dolan way back in 2017. Sergey Milan, they knew Milan, that conversation had not happened with right. Igor Danchenko, which was right. the only source for this stuff in the dossier. The FBI knew. Yes. You start adding it up, and you see that the FBI has become essentially the Stasi for the left-wing ruling yes. class in America. Yes. Yes. And right. John Davis at the Federalist is always saying, you got to burn down all seven floors of the FBI. Yes. What they yes. have become, it is shockingly, you know, should, you, should we be shocked at this point about it? But they've got their own Stasi as the ruling class. And it was Winston yeah. Churchill in his famous 1945 Gestapo speech in which he said, if socialists are ever going to get in power and take power and hold power in a country, they need a, a secret police to allow them to do it. Right. It does look to me like we are at that point with, yes, yes. our very own FBI. Yeah. And if right. they're going to try to say, well, we were duped, we were duped. Oh, <laughs> they had us believe in all this stuff. We were duped. Is Durham going to really allow that? Maybe he will. That's a question mark in my mind. How about you all? But, you know, what concerns me is there and maybe you're right. Maybe he's going to go after more people. But there is no mention of a conspiracy in any of this. Right. Right. If, if and, you, you know, you could bring a conspiracy to fraud the U.S. government or 10,000 other ones. Instead, he believes he brings a just, thing that normally gets you about six months in jail. Um, and it's and it's it's easily refutable saying you knew all this when you asked him the question. So that, that's no good. Um, but what do you think, if there is another shoe to drop, what the next shoe would be? Well, I guess I couldn't even speculate at this point. I just don't know what Durham is doing and where he is going. There's a lot of speculation that Hillary Clinton or Robbie Mook, who was Hillary Clinton's campaign manager, right. could be getting a little bit too close to Danchenko for their comfort. So... But well, here's, for here's me, my at guess. Best, that's all speculation right now. Yeah. yeah here's, here's my speculation and guess. I think the next thing that's going to go down is they're going to acknowledge that, that the uh, Russians never hacked um, the DNC server. 
Um, if they and, do that, then that gets into Seth Rich territory, which would yes, be a very big deal. Yes, yes. Well, and we know from the, if for folks who don't know Seth and Rich, then, was Gucifer, like, well, just, wait a minute, oh. Gucifer 2.0 yeah, was CrowdStrike, that. Right. that DC WikiLeaks was CrowdStrike, uh, and Masood was FBI. I think those are the possible, some of the possibilities, I think, of shoes that could drop. Maybe. That'd be that'd be great if they did that. And for folks who don't know that Seth Rich was the that Clinton- would be huge. Yeah. Yeah. The Clintonator was murdered and the Gateway Pundit has done a good job and other people too in getting documents that show the FBI who keeps pretending they never Seth, who we never even heard of Seth Rich, had had thousands of pages of documents on the investigation that, that never went anywhere. Yeah, that would be good. I mean, if they do that, I think let me read just some of the comments. This is from Charlene. Um, Durham Report thinks there's big trouble between Clinton, Obama, and Obama wing of the Democratic Party, thus the ramp up on the Clintons by Durham. Um, and then Mark Timon says, Durham needs to take on the FBI. They all need to go to jail too. Then Charlene says, again, you're on to it, Jacob, Obama versus Clinton machine. Um, Obama may be schooling the Clintons, trying to keep them in line. Just my opinion. You know, I don't know. I think it wouldn't surprise me because I do think the Biden people are the same as the Obama people, right? And the Clintons are kind of yesterday's news. And, but the only problem I have with that, I mean, I, sometimes I wonder, is Durham actually maybe doing it in good faith? Because I no. also, well, let no. me, well, he, possible, huh? they don't, even, uh, they don't even think that. But I mean, he could have just dropped it, right? <laughs> I mean, he, he is doing something. And I'm kind of like, I wonder why, which maybe is why everybody, like you said, Brendan and Comey aren't talking. They're like, why is Durham still doing this? We've all moved on. I mean, what do you think, Matt? Why is Biden allowing Durham to do this? I'm yeah. a little surprised they're even. Why don't they just ban Durham and kick him out and defund him? Yeah. I don't understand why. I thought for sure that was just going to happen. and They'd have maybe bad press for like two days and everybody would forget about it. Right. 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 But right. he is still going. Right. And according so, to John Solomon, who has sources, the grand jury is, you know, there's the grand jury is rolling along and the grand jury is. Except, talking. except they've now gone on to bring additional charges against Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> hey, Matt, listen, thank you for well, your analysis. Oh, it's great yeah, having tell you folks on, what you got, where, where they can listen to you, what you got coming up this weekend. Right, 710 KNUS, Backbone Radio on Sundays, 4 to 7 p.m. And I'll be bloviating about all of this and more. I don't usually get it all planned out until the day of. Yeah. Last <laughs> Sunday, I interviewed Peter Navarro, who's one of the great, individuals wow, wow. from the Trump administration. Yes, He's got a brand guest. new book out called In Trump Time, which I highly recommend everybody look at. But if I could offer just one little perspective, I don't know if we have a second. But yeah, if, you, yeah. if you study Mao's China, Mao Zedong, when he had been in power for a decade or two, he started to have some trouble with his fellow or the board members, his fellow communist dictator types that were sort of a little underneath him. And they were telling him, it's time for you to leave. It's time for you to step out and let's have somebody else come in. Because, you know, frankly, nothing's working and Mao is screwing up China. But uh, Mao responded to that quite viciously in a desperate effort to hang on to power, to hold on to power. He unleashed the Cultural Revolution in China where they started burning the statues and destroying the temples. And you know the rest of that story. Do you think that there could be some parallels with the United States of America? 
in that Trump wins, Trump basically shows up, and that is the message to our corrupt ruling class, our corrupt deep state, that the, they've lost the people. It is time for them to go away. It is time for them to let go of power. And look at what happened since that time, right? Look at our own statues being burned. Look at our right, own yes. frenzied yes. media and how they responded to all of this. Look at how they activated the FBI and the right. CIA and the They're military. They're purging the armed forces of all, of all extremists. Well, yeah, we're all domestic terrorists now, yeah. So, yeah. so do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah. I think that the frenzy of desperation you're seeing from the ruling class, from the entrenched beltway interest is an awareness that they've lost the people, they have not done a good job, and so they have to find various ways to cling to power however they can. And all of this Spygate stuff is part and parcel of a desperate and fragile and um, paranoid elite that knows if truth starts getting out anywhere, that they could be in big trouble, right? right. Yes. So to yeah. me, I think we need to have the perspective that this whole thing was done out of desperation <coughs> and hopefully the truth will be catching up to everybody and every perpetrator and all this. And there's been a little bit of progress towards that, but even if it doesn't, I think that they still know that their hold on power is very tenuous and for all their effort and for all their work, they're still not making progress. And they got Biden in there and you would take, you take on Spygate and you can, people, we well, don't have any evidence. And they, they just went with the lies, just like kind of like the election. Right. You know, you, you're it's up against the deep state on the election. And can you prove the election was stolen and taken? Well, when you're up against a deep state, they control the evidence. You can't get to it and get it out. And they'll threaten to sue you and everything else, you know, to try to get in there and get it. Right. So I feel in a way, a lot of optimism about this to know how weak the people on top are and how they see themselves as being weak. And they needed to do all this stuff just to pave the way to get Biden installed. And he's screwing up the place as fast as he can. Yeah. <laughs> I think in the end, they're going backwards with all of this. They're riding the tiger and <laughs> the yeah. more nervous they get, who knows You yeah. know what, what other tricks they're going to kind of pull, but it could get wild in this country. It's a dangerous time. It is. Um, it all right, man. Thank not... you for that. Hey, Sunday, it. four to seven. Um, thank Don't you miss. for your time. Don't miss. It's great radio every weekend. Good Thanks. to talk to you. Good again. to talk to you, man. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks to both. Let's keep it all close right. touch. All the best. All right. All right. And I, we don't have time to read them all. I mean, we had some great comments from folks on the audience and I'm sorry, I couldn't have time. We didn't have time to read them all, but it's clear that, you know, you guys, everybody there is up on it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the only thing that concerns me is the more f- paranoid and freaked out they get, the harder they try to crack down. But I well, think- let me read this one. Thank okay. you. Always love your show. Keep up um, uh, for the nation. Allegedly that I would support that. But uh, and then Sandra says, and thank you for your podcast when I miss a show. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And great job to Matt. He's the expert in so many things. Yes. Want to thank everybody for listening. Mark Poff, Matt Dunn, everybody on Zoom, everybody who listens. Monday the trial continues and yes. we'll go to the jury. So to the don't jury. want to miss that show. Get everything at chuckandjulie.com. Thanks to the guys at BBS. It is now time for Party Friday to officially commence. We'll see you all on Monday. <laughs>